notice that everything you ever thought would make you happy ever after didn't? Ooh, me too. It turns out Sean Cassidy was not my soulmate. Orgasms only last a few seconds and money does not buy happiness. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Fraser and welcome to Sex, Love and Elephants, the weekly podcast where we explore relationships, mind and the meaning of life. A place where you are normal if you feel like something's missing, even though you have it all. Because guess what? Happiness is an inside job. How do I know? Well, if a Buddhist nun and a sex expert had a baby, I'm it. I'm a psychologist, sex therapist, and author. I've meditated for 12 hours a day for months at a time. I've studied Tantra in Tibet, and I've taught for people like Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield, and helped thousands of couples reignite passion. My mission with a loving heart is to kick your ass off the couch and into awakening. And here's the secret. If you want to cultivate wild love that lasts, compassion and curiosity, and the superpower of being happy for no reason, first, you've got to meet your elephant. So let's go. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants with me, Dr. Cheryl, and we are Jeepers Creepers, almost through the summer of love where I'm answering your top love and sex questions. Because you know what? We didn't learn this in school. We didn't learn it while we were dating. And most of us didn't learn it in our first one, two, or three committed long-term relationships, including a first marriage, a first common law, a first live together, etc. We just don't learn this stuff. And that breaks my heart because like most important things in our lives, passion, great relationship skills, communication, how to be a better sexual partner, how to enjoy each other, how to do what I call fall in love over and over again with the one you're already with. There are teachable skills. There are building blocks that based on research, couples therapy, communication technique therapy, sexual therapy, sexual treatment of sexual dysfunction, and so much more. There are techniques, therapeutic techniques, tools, accountability, habits that predict better success as a couple, that help you communicate better, resolve your inevitable differences, conflicts, and arguments better, help you learn to see each other's point of view and understand each other and be each other's cheerleader best friend, support system, better. And certainly, as you heard in the last episode, you know, how to date your mate, ways to bring some sparkle back, to romance each other, to seduce each other, to make sure that your beautiful, incredible person feels like who they are, the most important person in your world. And there are ways to improve your sexual life. The stats are pretty dismal. I talk about that a lot in my work. There are episodes in this series that will teach you more about sexual desire and sexless relationships, etc. Which brings me to today's question, which is from Cynthia and Rahul and many others of you who asked something similar. Essentially, they say, Dr. Cheryl, our sex life is boring. We hate to admit it. We used to be pretty hot and heavy for our first few years, but now the kids and the work and the stress We only make love maybe once a month. 
And it's frankly pretty boring. And both of us really miss the lovers we used to be together. Can you help? Dr. Cheryl, how can we bring some fun and sexy back? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because that is one third of what I teach couples. I talk about intimacy, communication. That's the first of the three predictors of great relationship and the first of the three cornerstones on which all my work is built. I talk about thrill, excitement, the falling in love, romance, and edifying each other. That's what last episode was all about. Go take a listen if you didn't, because I challenged you to take your sweetie on an amazing date. And I'm going to give away a sexy truth or dare game to whoever sends me a selfie of you on your fun date. There's another week of that contest. We'll pick a winner at the end of this week. Okay. And then there's the third key to passion, your erotic life, what I call sensuality, sexuality, everything erotic. And that's where I'm going to help Rahul and Cynthia and all the rest of you and myself today, which is talking about how to bring some sexy back, how to spark up your erotic life when like a lot of longer term couples, and again, by that, I mean, you've been together basically 18 months or more. Longer term couples tend to have little or no sex. The sex they have, if I can be super frank, and I tend to be, is really boring and predictable. I call it nipple, nipple, crotch, good night. You know it. You all know it. Whether you're gay, trans, non-binary, however you identify, heterosexual, whatever pairing you're in that you're attempting to be monogamous in and to create long-term relationship together, your sex life usually deteriorates to a pattern. The aforementioned Dr. Cheryl original, nipple, nipple, crotch, good night. I touch you here. You touch me there. Hopefully it feels good. Hopefully one or both of us has an orgasm and then we go to sleep. I've got some dismal statistics for you right now, people. The average North American sexual encounter lasts seven minutes. And we're talking from where you elbow your partner in the ribs and go, do you wanna? To seven minutes for the entire thing. The average male orgasm lasts for a rollicking seven seconds, and the average female orgasm lasts for 21 seconds, three times longer. Hello, ladies. Yeah, shout out, just saying. It may be more difficult to get there, but it's well worth having. But nonetheless, seven minutes of sex for seven seconds or 21 seconds of pleasure. Hey, it's better than nothing. I'm a big fan of the quickie. I'm a big fan of quick little encounters, a little bit of joy, a little bit of love, a little bit of reconnecting. But we can do better, people. It's time to bust nipple, nipple, crotch, good night, and to make your sex life a hobby. That's my biggest advice to Cynthia, Rahul, and the rest of us who are being, if I can be so blunt, really damn lazy lovers. We're not making an effort to be a better lover anymore. We're expecting our partner to do or say or act in a certain way or do something that turns us on so we feel like having sex with them. We often want them to do the work. We're not necessarily bringing our A-game to the bedroom or the shower or the deck or whatever your jam is. It's fine with me, providing it's legal and you don't scandalize any small, vulnerable children who may be in the area wondering why mom and dad are naked wrestling on the balcony. Just use your discretion, please. Rahul and Cynthia want a better sex life. They used to be pretty hot together. They used to have some great sexual times together, but life and busyness and complacency and boredom have taken their toll. Again, listen to some of the previous episodes in this Summer of Love series because I'm building a journey here around the three keys to great relationship, around the become passion work, 
Those three keys again, intimacy, communication, conflict resolution, sharing your hopes and dreams, the real romance, fun, spark, keeping the love alive and sensuality, which we're focusing on in this episode. How can you have a better, more robust sex life? These are what I call the three keys to passion. They're the cornerstones of everything I do. And some of you are already writing saying, when can we join? When can we join? And thank you. I so look forward to being on a 12-week weekly journey with some of you. Kicking off mid-October this year, 2022, I'm only offering my Immersion Become Passions program once this year. I offered it twice in 2020 and 2021, only once this year to the public. Doors will open mid-October. We'll kick off around October 21st. And if you'd like to be the first to hear about when doors open or just learn more about the program or better yet, get on the wait list. So when I offer my free two-hour online couples workshop, I'll be offering it multiple times in early October. You can join one of those free online programs. Come learn way more about the Passion Triangle. Learn way more about the three keys to passion. Get some actionable tools or tips like I give you on this podcast. And for those of you, the unique small group of you who want to then join me for a 12-week immersion program where I teach you live every week, where I answer your specific relationship questions and give you specific coaching every week, where you also get a curriculum, 10 hours of the Become Passion work one week at a time, lessons, couples exercises, drawn from couples therapy, sex therapy, and science. And you get access to all of that, including the recordings, the specific live teachings with me, including killer masterclasses by some of the top people in the field of couples therapy, communication, sex therapy, and more. And you get access to all of it for years to come after our 12-week journey together ends. I hope some of you will join me. Check out the wait list for more information. Okay. So drawing on some of the sorts of things I take a much deeper dive into in the Become Passion program with you, let's talk about how to make your sex life more fun, more frequent, And more mutually satisfying. The first one, I'm going to dodge the tomatoes you're going to throw at your device as you're listening right now. Schedule sex. I will never back down from telling you the importance of scheduling sex. But Dr. Cheryl, scheduling sex isn't romantic. We want it to be spontaneous. Honeys, loveys, sweethearts, I do too. I miss when I could not wait to tear my hunky husband's clothes off. We've been together just about a decade now. We met when I was 49 and he was 48. We were hot and heavy. We had an amazing sexual connection, an amazing, joyful, beautiful, and very frequent, often twice a day, sexual life. And then we got older. Menopause kicked the crap out of some of my hormonal responses. My orgasms changed. My desire changed. Quite shocking to me. I've had a high, beautiful sexual desire my whole life. And now it isn't there as biddable behind the curtain for me to go, hey, sexual desire for it to go, hey, Cheryl, we're all ready to go. This is true for all long-term couples of any age, whether you're in your 20s or your 70s. I teach people in that whole age range in my program. But here's the thing. You've heard these teachings before if you're a regular listener, but in case you're not, please let me briefly describe to you arguably the most important concept and research finding in the science of long-term sexual desire in long-term couples, which is the difference between spontaneous desire and responsive desire. Briefly, spontaneous desire is the one we all wish we still had if we don't, or we don't have it very often. 
That's that, oh my God, I'm so horny. Let's make love right now. It can happen or used to happen anyway, when you would kiss your sweetheart goodnight and maybe you'd deepen the kiss into a tongue kiss and you'd get turned on. You'd get some tingles. You'd start to get wet or a little bit hard and you'd move into making love or having a quickie or a longie. And it was delightful. That's spontaneous desire. You just feel horny for very little reason because your sweetheart's in the room, because you thought about sex, because you're in love, because they look hot in those jeans or whatever. Now, as you've noticed, due to biochemistry and changes in psychology and the demands of life and mortgages, kids and ailing parents and long-term love, your spontaneous desire for at least one of you and for the majority of long-term couples for both of you has radically declined. You may almost never spontaneously feel horny. Your orgasms may have changed. Your erections may have changed. Your attraction to each other, I talked about that in a previous episode, may have changed. So are you going to give up? Are you going to settle for having sex once a month like Rahul and Cynthia? Or for a bunch of you, not at all? I've talked a lot about sexless relationships. 30 to 40% of long-term couples are actually in a sexless relationship where you make love six or fewer times a year. Some of you haven't made love in many years or even decades, even if you're only in your 30s or 40s. This is not just an older couple problem. Are you going to settle for that? Hell no, you're not, or you wouldn't be listening to this episode or being a follower of Sex, Love, and Elephants or other good science-based relationship advice, clearly you care about your relationship because you're here. Clearly you want more and better. And just like Cynthia and Rahul, you want to reignite your sexual life. I hope some of you will join me in the 12-week Become Passion journey this October, November, December. We wrap up in early January with a big celebration and I help you set up your passion plan for the entire year of 2023 so you keep doing the work with my accountability and support. But even if you're not right for that program, even if it's not in the cards for you, no problem, please implement everything I'm teaching on this podcast. The second type of desire, the one you need to get used to cultivating, the one that's not as sexy or as fun and certainly not as easy as spontaneous desire, but is your long-term relationship's best friend, is responsive desire. Now, the word respond means what? It means something occurs in response to something else. So responsive desire, and this is based partly on the work of Dr. Rosemary Bassan, University of British Columbia, sexual medicine clinic and research facility, unbelievable groundbreaking work. Thank you, Rosemary and colleagues, Lori Brado, some of my friends and colleagues over there. She does some beautiful work. In fact, I'll invite her to be a guest on the podcast. Starting in the fall, I'm going to start having some guest experts on the podcast, as well as these solo episodes with me. Rosemary's work on responsive desire, she began with female responsive desire. It's now being expanded into male responsive desire. But responsive desire, it's not very sexy, everybody. Get ready. Is where you start making love even when you're not in the mood. I teach that a lot in my work how to never say I'm not in the mood ever again, how to choose to become sexual even when you're not in the mood, how to get your head into bed, deep dive into all that material in the Become Passion program. But for today, responsive desire, to quote Rosemary Bassan, uh, she says, the majority of long-term couples start making love from a place of sexual neutrality. Ooh, how sexy is that? It's really sexy once you understand it and apply it. The majority... I'm going to repeat it, of long-term couples start making love from a place of sexual neutrality simply means 
the majority of long-term couples that are having sex start having sex when neither of them's in the mood. They're not turned on. They're not actually aroused or having sexual desire. So then why do they have sex, Dr. Cheryl? Because sex matters, because they make their sex life a hobby. I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment when I finish briefly explaining the concept of responsive desire. So if I love my hubby, which I do, and he's a handsome, hunky man, but my body, the fact that we've been together for 10 years, the fact that there's work pressure or an ailing parent uh, to nurse, et cetera, it might mean I'm not just spontaneously horny for him, but I cherish the importance of our sexual life. So responsive desire would be we start making love or we start moving toward an erotic encounter, a sensual encounter, even though we're not in the mood. That's why you need to schedule sex. Schedule sex once a week, twice a month. Thursday night, baby, from 9 till 10 p.m., we're going to have an erotic encounter. It might start with a long, slow steam shower or bath or hot tub together. It might start with snuggling and gradually taking off each other's clothes while you nibble each other's neck and touch each other's skin and eventually move to your nether regions. It might start a little more quickly, a little more directly with giving each other oral sex or 69ing to turn those bodies on. So you end up making love in response to the steps you chose to take. Please understand, this is different than having a shower because you're horny and turned on or snuggling and undressing each other and caressing skin because you're horny and turned on or going down on each other, giving each other oral sex or 69ing because you're horny or turned on. You're doing these things when you're not horny or turned on. And then, ah, bells and whistles, little fairy dust. Your desire starts to respond. That's responsive desire. I know it's not as sexy as spontaneous desire. But as you may have heard me uh, say before, if you follow my work or, or in my programs, waiting around for spontaneous desire is kind of like waiting around for your teenager to spontaneously offer to clean out their garage. It's highly unlikely to happen. If it does, it's delightful. Enjoy the hell out of it, but don't count on it. So yeah, sometimes spontaneous desire can still arise for one or even sometimes both of you at the same time. Great. Those will be those encounters that you're like, oh my goodness, I remember when every encounter used to feel this way. Love it, love it, love it. But don't rely on it. You need to schedule sex, make your sex life a hobby. Again, I'm going to explain that a little bit more in a minute. And make your sex life intentional by choosing to begin to take steps that will lead to you making love and your desire and your arousal catching up and your body and your sexuality responding. Hello, mic drop. That's responsive desire. There's a lot of resistance to this. Me too. Me too. I would love it if I had the horniness and the spontaneity and my sex drive and my attraction that used to be there. But I'm also a scientist. I'm a sex therapist. I'm a clinical psychologist. And I know that for 90 plus percent of you, unless you're in your first year or so together, you, at least one of you has a major drop off in spontaneous desire, often both of you. And if you don't attend to your sexual life, Rahul, Cynthia, they're brilliant because their question is, hey, you know, we used to have hot and heavy. Now we don't. It's kind of boring. We don't make love much. It's what Dr. Cheryl calls nipple, nipple, crotch, good night. You know, it's okay. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's moi, but we want more. Hallelujah. Love you. I adore you. I adore all of you who care about your sexual life because your sexual life needs to be a hobby. Here you go. 
One of my favorite concepts I teach. And people really relate to this because it's so simple, but it feels so recognizable. I want you to think about a hobby that you have. So something that people often shout out when I ask large groups is they say, I'm a golfer or I play a sport or I'm an artist. I like to do watercolors uh, as a hobby or they create pottery or uh, they love to cook. They say, my hobby is I I like to uh, watch online cooking videos and try a new dish once a week, whatever it is. Maybe your hobby is uh, training your dog to do agility classes, something that I did once that was super fun. Okay, pick a hobby. We'll go with golfing. If you have a hobby, I want you to think right now, what are the qualities of a hobby? Again, when I ask this of large groups, uh, pretty much the same sorts of answers are given. What makes something a hobby? Well, you do it because you want to. You don't have to. You don't get paid. It matters to you. People say you create time for it. You make it a priority because you really like this hobby. You uh, train to be better at your hobby. So if you're a golfer, for example... It matters to you, unless you're Tiger Woods or somebody, you don't get paid for it. You create time for it. My brother-in-law used to be an avid golfer, and he would carve out four or five hours on every other Sunday to go and, and play 18 holes of golf. You vow to do better. You like to learn about your hobby. You like to improve your skills at your hobby, right? So you might hire a golf pro to work on your swing for a couple of uh, meetings, or you might read a book on golfing, or you might watch other good golfers and emulate what they're doing. These are some of the things we all know, some of the qualities we all understand that a hobby has. Treat your sex life like a hobby. You do it because you want to. You probably don't get paid for it. You create time. You block off time in your schedule to schedule sex, to schedule an erotic encounter. You want to do better. You want to learn. Today, you're quote unquote hiring a golf pro by listening to this episode of Sex, Love and Elephants to learn from me, what are some ways to improve my sexual life with my love? What are some ways to bring more passion into it? Uh, You can try new techniques. You can read books. You can take a program like Become Passion or some other program. You can learn, learn a new technique, learn a new sexual move, learn a way to give an erotic massage that drives your partner wild. That's some of what we cover that couples in my program. And then they commit in their own time, in their own space and journey, wherever they are in their relationship to create an essential encounter every week. It might not involve having sex, depending where they're at. They may not be having sex yet. Again, they may need to recover from an affair and move toward feeling safe in the bedroom again. But then I want them to give each other a non-sexual massage, to sleep naked and cuddle, to bring more sensuality into their or your life. So treat your sex life like a hobby. Put it on the schedule. Learn and grow. Stop being such a lazy lover. Almost all of us, including myself sometimes, are totally guilty of that. Uh, I'm tired. I just want it to be easy. Let's grab a vibrator. No, all of those things have a place. Sleepy, tired sex where you use a vibrator to turn yourself on and have a quick orgasm and help your sweetie have a quick orgasm. Yahoo, hallelujah, I'm all for it. But is that your best game? Is that all you got? Is that what you would have settled for earlier on when you were hotter and happier and the biochemistry of lust and love was bringing that spontaneous desire into your genitals and your heart and your mind more often? No, 
I know you wouldn't have settled for that back in the day because I've worked with thousands of you who've shared your stories with me and let me know more and more what you long for. You long for a great sex life. That might be once a month for you. And that can be a beautiful frequency to hell with numbers and all the dumb, inaccurate surveys that say the average North American's having sex 2.2 times a week. Yeah, right. They asked a bunch of college students, half of them lied. It's not representing actual couples out there. So don't worry about that. What's your number? What's your partner's number? Maybe they're different. Partnered like to make love twice a week. You're really happy twice a month. Maybe your sex drive's different. All of these are big issues. They don't have to be big problems, but big issues for a couple to approach together, to navigate together. That's why the last mm, pretty much five weeks, actually, of the 12-week Become Passion Couples program. Again, we kick off mid-October this year. You can join the waitlist to hear more about that. No obligation, of course. It just means you'll get early invitations to join the two-hour introduction free workshop. And in that workshop, you can ask me questions. I'll answer them live, all off screen. You're all confidential and all that good stuff. And you can also determine whether you want to be one of the uh, self-selected few couples that will join me for a 12-week immersion journey. I hope you are, if it feels right for you. Happy to answer questions about that. If you have them, email them to hello at drsherylfraser.com. All right. That brings us to kind of the summary of my advice to Rahul and Cynthia and all of us who've maybe neglected our sex life because life is busy and stressful and we've been focusing on kids and mortgages and life and not enough on each other in or out of the bedroom. If you combine the last episode, which is to increase thrill, remember everything I teach and the entire Become Passion programs based on three key areas you as a couple need to strengthen. One is communication, sharing hopes and dreams, conflict management, that's the intimacy part. The second one I really tackled last episode the thrill part where I gave you some big challenges on dating your mate again, making them feel like the most important person in your world because they are, but they may not feel that way. And today we're tackling the third aspect of great relationships, sensuality, and all of us need to up our game, make our sex life a hobby, schedule sex, explore new ways to turn each other on in a sensual way as well as a sexual way. Yes, you might have sexual dysfunction going on. That's something also I or another expert can help you with. Yes, we can have all sorts of hurt and disconnect around our sexual life between us. It takes a deeper dive. That's why my Become Passion program isn't just a how to have a good sex life program. That wouldn't work. First, you need to have a lot of intimacy and cultivate some thrill and do some forgiveness and maybe work on some old wounds before you're really ready to open up the vulnerable, gorgeous aspect of your sensual life again. But I love all of you who at least have an inkling, a hope. Maybe it's a faint hope. Maybe there's been so much sadness and disappointment for one or both of you around your sexual life that you've just kind of given up. I'd like to introduce the idea that you don't have to entirely give up, that there is always the possibility to improve or reintroduce a sensual life into your relationship. If you don't believe me, don't take my word for it. On that Become Passion waitlist page, there's a link to our testimonials page where some incredibly beautiful, brave, and vulnerable couples have shared their stories on video of their journey through the couples program with me. And I'd like you to look at Norman Cheryl's video. That's their real names. They want to help other couples. They've given me full permission to share their story. 
They talk about how they stopped making love in their 40s. They had multiple affairs, a lot of arguing, fighting, a lot of really difficult things in their past as a couple. They're in their early 70s, and through the Become Passion program, they began being sexual again. After a couple of decades of no sex, this brave, beautiful couple who stand as a shining light of possibility to all of the rest of us gradually did the work I shared and move themselves toward being sexual. So don't give up. Sexless couples can become sensual again if it matters to you. I or some other well-qualified person can guide you, can help you. I am a champion for the beautiful, beautiful meaning of having a rich, sensual life with your partner. Again, that might mean you make love once a month, four times a year. If it's rich and satisfying for the two of you, It's a beautiful aspect of being a long-term couple. And that brings us to this episode's love bite. Are you ready? You can probably guess what it's going to be. Make your sex life a hobby. Don't rely on spontaneous desire. Instead, create the sensual life you desire and you deserve. Thank you so much for joining me. I can hardly wait to be back at you next time. We've got a couple more Summer of Love episodes. So if you've got a question about love and sex you'd like me to answer on an episode, please do send it to hello at drcherylfraser.com. And until then, make your sex life a hobby. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants. But most of all, thank you for being part of this herd. If you enjoyed listening, please share this with a friend. And if you haven't already, I would love, love, love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player because it really helps all the other elephants find us. If you have any questions or comments or maybe an idea for the show or you'd like to be a guest, reach out to me directly at drcherylfraser.com where you can also sign up for weekly Love Bites, science-based tips for creating love and passion that last a lifetime. Lifetime.